Service delivery watch on the morning blaze. We are joined right now by Honorable Ahmed uh, Munzur Sheikh Imam, who's uh, chief whip and the parliamentary leader for NFP. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Sheikh Imam. Well, yes, very good morning to you and all our listeners out there. And thank you for having me on the air this morning. You are an early riser, and we really, really do appreciate you joining us. So this morning, we are looking at some service delivery concerns. And I know the one that is very, um, you know, pertinent to you is that of uh, the root cause of crime and what we can do to eliminate it. Yes, indeed. I think... uh, 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 we have a serious problem in the country as far as crime is concerned. In fact, crime appears to be a business in South Africa. There is a market for for seeds from crime. And I think that's the problem we have. I don't think enough has been done. And I've repeatedly raised concerns that until you deal with the root causes of crime, deal with the, you know, the dysfunctional state of our society, if you look at last year alone, 91,000 children gave birth to children. Now, that's a serious problem for me. Now, what we find in the country is high levels of unemployment, Okay, the availability of alcohol and drugs, the fact that there is no leadership in homes, parents both are either working or not in the lives of their children. If you look at the statistics that they brought, in some groupings, 78% of parents are a father, not in the life of a child. And if you look at the living conditions under which they live, in fact, schools is one of the problems we have today. Not enough is being done at basic education level to attract learners to school. As a result, you find that almost one in two learners who start school in grade R do not go up to grade 12. These are just some of the problems that we are experiencing. And of course, you know, the children actually will only grow up with the experience that they have, with what they know, what they see. The high levels of gender-based violence is adding to the crisis. But also the criminal justice system is not effective. If you look at it from a policing perspective, if you look at what police officers get paid, can you imagine a police officer gets 13 rand? Well, it's gone up now, a little bit to 23 rand a day, danger allowance. The fact that they put on those uniforms, they are already at risk. And, uh, you know, they live in shacks, informal settlements, travel home in private transport, public transport, all these things contribute to the high levels of crime. So if you want to deal with crime, you have to have a holistic approach and first of all deal with the root causes of it and something we're not attending to. Now you can go out there and roll out tens of thousands of police officers. Even that is a problem. 
because it's not just about numbers, you need quality. You're losing, particularly to the private sector, and to metros and law enforcement agencies in the country and internationally, our expertise and our skills in fighting crime. You're bringing in new police officer trainees. If you saw what happened in the Schwaner training facility, these were those they attracted, and they were found, instead of training and setting a good example, they were found bringing in drugs and alcohol and partying. And uh, so clearly, you know, uh, uh, we're not attracting the right kind of, of, of uh, uh, committed, passionate officers to the police force. And that is why I raised the issue with the minister. The previous ministers agreed, did very little or nothing about it. I see the current have agreed that what we should be doing is policing should be introduced at basic education level at grade 10, 11, and 12. So those that have a passion to fight crime in South Africa are the ones who take the curriculum that is offered in line with policing. And when they finish their grade 12 or matriculation, you will then you know, ensure that they have further training in policing. In that way, you would attract the right kind of people to police. But even if you do attract the right kind of people, Sheikh Imam, you've mentioned around the corruption and so on. If there's no accountability, those who are um, who, who are astute and they come in and they're the right talent can end up being corrupted because of the environment. So Absolutely. where will accountability come from and when should it start? Who should be calling uh, from the minister um, all the way down to police commissioners? Well, you know, first, yes, first of all, I think we, as public representatives, need to lead by example. If you have high levels of corruption in leadership in the government, then, you know, what is the example you're setting to the people lower down? That's the first problem that you've got. Now, there is selective accountability as well. And that comes from you know, when there's cadre deployment. And let me tell you, when I talk about cadre deployment, I talk about all political parties across the board. Only employ people that are affiliated or aligned to their political parties, not necessarily with the skills that they have. Now, when you talk about corruption, remember, political parties sustain themselves through the means, uh, 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 funding that they get from these corrupt means. And that is why they will only employ people that are aligned to their organization. If you don't deal with that, and I must admit that we do not want to do anything about it. I personally have raised this so many times that you need to close those gaps, but you have no intention, no desire, not the political will to deal with them because whoever governs, wherever they govern, they rely on these uh, 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 funding through these corrupt tenders and whatever it is. And it's not as if we don't know where the problem is and what we must do about it. So unless you deal with the leadership, the governance that we have in the country and the high levels of corruption, and I say again that if you have leadership at the level that we have that are involved and implicated in levels of corruption and criminality, then what is the message you're giving to the masses on the ground? You know, it's like a father who takes drugs and tells his child, you must not take drugs. 
Surely you must lead by example. Children will follow their parents. And just like that, the public, you know, if they lose respect and confidence and trust in the leadership of the country, then they've lost direction. Now, there's no accountability. There's no doubt about it. Look at the Zonda Commission and what it has highlighted. How many of them have thus far been uh, detained or convicted? Hardly anything is happening. Look at the money that you have spent. So there's no accountability. There's no oversight. It's a free forum. If you look at the levels of crime, let's look at the big problem we have in the country as far as energy, and we talk about vandalism and cable theft. Why is there so much of cable theft? Because there's a market for it. Where is the oversight in, 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 in all these uh, scrap dealers? There is uh, nothing is happening. That scrap is going somewhere. It's being bought by somebody. It's being sold by somebody. It's being exported into out of the country. No oversight whatsoever. These are some of the problems. Then the other problem, you've got uh, 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 criminals that are convicted. They go into prison, into correctional facilities. When they are released, there is no program to reintegrate them into society. And that is why a lot of the crime is committed by repeat offenders. Now, now with even this uh, Tabu Besta case that we are seeing, within the prison, there's corruption. There's corruption from the officials. There's corruption from security personnel. Uh, I mean, I don't know. When I look at that crime, I ask myself, how did they get out with a dead a body, you know, um, burning someone else's body, claiming it's another person. It just shows that the corruption is just too deeply rooted everywhere and it needs to be addressed. South Africans need to stand up. Leaders all over need to stand up. But let me take you to something else. Factors that contribute towards crime. One, load shedding. That is a huge factor. The fact that we are without power when it's dark, we are without power. So people know now that your remote motor for your uh, gate and your garage are not going to work after a couple of hours. Your uh, um, alarm, alarm systems and beams are not going to work after a couple of hours. Cameras are not going to work. Criminals are enjoying themselves. They're having a field day. Crime has increased. A mother or a father walking from the bus stop going back home after work in the dark where there are no lights at all is susceptible to higher crime uh, incidents happening to them. I must agree with you. The, the, the energy crisis we got, and let me be honest about the energy crisis, and you will hear it today in the debate because there's a budget vote debate on energy today. Government does not have a solution in sight. And my greatest fear is you might have a total collapse of the grid one of these days, which I intend telling them today. And I cannot see a solution any time before nine to ten years at the moment. I've said it before and I'm saying it again. And one of the solutions for me would be that they must go ahead and build more coal-fired power stations, whether we like it or not. That's the only thing we can do. But you are correct that, uh, you know, it's not only the communities, even the police stations. Can you imagine in South Africa, the police who are there supposed to protect and secure the community and the people, they need security themselves. So during load shedding, police stations have been attacked as well. And even when there was no load shedding, you know, uh, uh, criminals have been attacking people, particularly in in in, in uh, uh, communities 
where toilets and things are not inside the house. People have to walk 50 meters away to go to use the toilet. They've been attacked all hours of the night. And these, this has a problem. And now, if you listen to what the police say, more importantly, if you look at the informal settlements, okay, the roads are not accessible. In fact, there's no roads. Police cannot even conduct any oversight or any patrols and things in any event. And people are getting attacked all the time. So the energy crisis is really having a serious effect on crime in the country. And you're absolutely correct in your observation. This creates a conducive environment for criminals because they're in the dark right now. I'm speaking to you. I've got load shedding as well. But it's a serious crisis now. It's not something we ought not to have anticipated. We knew we were going to have this problem. You were warned about it. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that your population is increasing by over a million a year. So the demand is going to increase. That these are mechanical things you have to maintain them, which we have not been doing. But we were too busy with the corruption at ESCOM and things and other state-owned entities. And that's why we are where we are. And right now, the frightening thing is, despite putting a minister of electricity and all that money we are spending, no one is giving us a comprehensive plan, a workable short-term, medium-term and long-term plan. So it's here to stay and get progressively worse. After the so break, you, I'd like yes. you to please uh, respond to this. Since you're saying no one is giving a progressive plan, you are a member of parliament. And other people are members of parliament. It's not just the, the ruling party and ministers. What is it that you are pushing when it comes to such? But that's after the break. Our guest is uh, Sheikh uh, Imam, who is a parliamentary leader and chief whip of uh, NFP. We are talking service delivery. Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Bliss. We are with uh, Sheikh Imam, uh, who is the parliamentary leader and chief whip of the NFP. Sheikh, I asked you, please help us understand what is it that you are doing? What is it that members of parliament are doing? Because uh, they are the payroll for, for, you know, and there's this work we need to see, not just talk, some action, because we are riddled with crime, load shedding and every other thing that we are talking about right now. What is it that you are actively doing that you can say with this change can be made? Sheikh Imam, are you there? Oh, but he did say that he's load shaded. He did say. See, it affects all of us. Even parliamentary leaders, chief whips are under load shedding. We'll try him again. Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Bliss. It affects all of us, this load shedding. Even us here in studio, did you hear there was a bit of a pause, pause? What happened? It was quiet. <laughs> Let me tell you, a team is the systems were stuck. <laughs> Nothing moved. I am worried the day everything goes down. We are dependent on networks to give you a radio show.
We are dependent on electricity and power. We are dependent on the internet. I pray we never see that day. But yeah, Imam is back. Thank you very much, Sheikh Imam. Um, what is it that you're actively doing before we go to the caller on the line? Well, yes, I think first of all, let me tell you, we need to understand that we have a crisis in the country. And the question is, what is the solution? We believe as the NFP, and I've repeatedly raised this, which I'll do again today. You, This m- message that we're tr- getting from government itself, that you want to move from one extreme to the other, from coal-fired to renewable energy. Experts all over the world are telling us that renewable energy in South Africa, if you move entirely to renewable energy, will not be sufficient to deal with the address the needs of the South African consumers. That's the first thing. What we believe must happen is this, and, and let me give you an example. China continues to build coal-fired power stations. South Korea is currently building coal-fired power stations. The USA have said that they will only be able to get rid of coal-fired power by 2054. Now, the question we need to ask is, why is South Africa in such a hurry to move from one extreme to the other without an alternative? All the while, we see some of our coal moving out of Richards Bay uh, port. Uh, to other parts of the world. Our time is, oh, okay, our time is almost uh, done. Uh, we've lost our uh, A-teamer on the line. Seems load shedding has hit them as well. But, uh, Sheik, uh, in us concluding, we just touched on crime, uh, the root causes and the solutions. Speak to us about, yeah, speak to us about the, 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 the things we can anticipate in terms of solutions and what we can do. Well, I think what we have suggested is, first of all, you need safety ambassadors in every school with social workers. You identify learners that might be coming from dysfunctional homes and or problematic families, and you deal with them at a very early stage so that you can rehabilitate them and prevent them from becoming crimes. Now, there appears to be a reluctance, and I'll tell you why. Because the different departments, basic education, sports, arts and culture, and many others, all want to work in silos. Nobody wants to use their budgets, uh, 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 you know, with, with other relevant departments. And that is one of the issues that we have raised. You have to dis- you have to deal with it at a very early stage. And if you put these measures at a school level and ensure that every learner goes to school and stays in school, you'll be able to identify those learners. And if you assist them from a very early stage, you will prevent those children from becoming criminals. The first thing. The second thing is that you have to have a more productive society. You cannot have the majority of those uh, unemployed in the country. Clearly, you cannot. You have to improve the living conditions. And let me tell you, you know, many people will blame national government. Local governments also have a responsibility to improve the quality of life of their people in those respective areas. You know, and that is not happening. That is why, you know, the ordinary South Africans on the ground must rise and demand the delivery of services. If you take Itegwini municipality, for instance, look at the amount of rates and taxes that you pay. You don't, you have streets that are littered, you have no electricity, the street lights are not working, the high levels of crime there, I mean, potholes all over, it's in a dysfunctional state. 
And I think it is because ordinary South Africans on the ground, people must rise and demand the services in which you pay for. But very importantly, I think, you know, our, we need a policy shift as far as manufacturing in South Africa, importing and exporting, the influx of foreign nationals into the country. I don't have a problem with foreign nationals because a lot of them are very productive, but you can't have a free-for-all when your eyes have such high levels of unemployment. Let's, let, let's hold it at that, uh, Sheikh Imam, because of time. Yeah. But I thank you. I thank you so very much. And uh, I, I, we, we are seeing that you are busy. You are everywhere and making sure that your voice as NFP is heard. Thank you for joining us. It's thank time for the very news very now. Uh, let's go straight to the news desk from us. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success. It's five o'clock.